Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. One of the, I'm let you on a conversation the Lord and I had um, just looking over 2020. And it was more or less he wanted me to look at my life and make sure that I was at least conscious of what the Holy Spirit was speaking into my life. For example, he said, he asked me the question, when it came to social media, were you following social media or were you following me? When it came to COVID-19, were you following COVID-19 or were you following me? When it came to church, were you following the way you want it done or are you following me? When it comes to your family, were you following what your family want or are you following me? Whatever the case was, it always came down, am I following the omniscient God? Am I following? And one of the things I had to ask myself the question, I'm asking all of us today, is it just a one-time event or is it something I'm going to make a part of my lifestyle? I don't need something for 2020 and just think it's going to go away. I need for this to be a part of my lifestyle. So I need a lifestyle of following the Holy Spirit or our omniscient God. All-knowing God knows everything. I need to have a lifestyle of following him. Lifestyle can be defined as the way in which a person or a group lives. Lifestyle tends to reveal habits, attitudes, moral standards, and even economic standards. Some of us might remember the television show back in the 80s known as the Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous, with Robin Leach as the primary host. The premise of the show was to share the culture, habits, and such like of the rich and the famous from all around the world, whether they were actors, athletes, executives, it didn't matter. If they would open up the door and they seem interesting, lifestyles of the rich and famous would make their way in and show us just a little bit about how they live. Today's show, similar to that, is the Kardashians. Once upon a time, somewhat ordinary family, but people tend to watch them to learn about their lifestyle, what they eat, what they wear, birthday celebrations, family gatherings, and so forth. Whether we care to admit it or not, oh, by the way, one of my favorite ones is watching people that live in unusual situations. Whether it's in uh, a remote part of the world or something that's a little bit different from the ordinary. Whether we care to admit it or not, lifestyles tend to, some of us, I should say, intrigue us. They make us curious, fascinate us, and and engage us because it tends to uh, become what we expect or we look at regardless of the circumstance. More important, our lifestyle choices are important because they can greatly impact our family relationships, our health, our spiritual growth and development, and much more. For example... If we choose to put our career ambitions above everything else, 
It was likely affect my relationship with my wife and my children. Uh, that is, if I have a fam- making sure I have a family to come home to each day. But one thing about it, I cannot regard the responsibility this go that come along with a family. Because every family need a roof over their head. They need uh, transportation to and fro. They need insurance. In order for me to get that, I'm torn between do I work this extra or do I come home? Uh, if I work, do I work these 50 hours a week? Do I cut it to 40 and tell my family that I'm, I'm cutting some things off in that life? It's a tough, it's a tough, it's tough because many of us look for the responsible one to make sure certain things are provided for the household. And sometimes to do that, you know, you work a little extra and you, you, sometimes you feel guilty about it, but you know, it got to be done. And so you just, you know, you're torn. You have to be contemplate that. Sometimes I get a chance to talk to small business owners and small business owners will often tell me, you know, how some people get paid for, got paid for Christmas and, and took four or five days off and got paid for it. Well, small business owners tell you quick, I don't get paid when I don't go to work. If, 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 if I don't go and do it, I just don't get paid. Y'all get a check when y'all take off. But I don't get a check. If I don't bill somebody or nobody paid me, then I have to do certain, I gotta make it happen. If I don't make it happen, I don't do a job, I don't get paid. So they have always had a dilemma going on. That's why we need to follow our omniscient God. And sometimes it don't quite make sense every, in our natural mind what he's telling us to do, but God knows what he's doing. How many agree with that? If I spend years of not caring for my body by not eating properly or engaging in some type of physical activity, I might find that I'm at risk of some type of health issue as I get a little more mature in age. Joints may ache a little more. Back may tighten up on me a little bit. Blood pressure may not regulate like it needs to. Sometimes you have to deal with family inherited things that you have to constantly fight against because they say because, you know, you're... Uh, so your relative had it, and your relative before that had it. You gonna have the same thing. You say, "Well, God, you know what? I believe you more than I believe what other people are telling me." Are y'all following me here? Just because my so all my friends and loved ones had it, don't mean that I'm gonna have the same thing. Oh, how many agree with that, baby man? You don't you you follow what Jesus is saying? Are y'all following me so far? Finally, if I have a lifestyle, a place, and work friends, social life, relationships before my spiritual growth and development. It began to tell over time because my ability to deal with stress, pressure, disappointments, responsibility like we talked about earlier, and up and so forth may cause me to lose out or misuse the very thing I put before the one true God. I tell you, if you put something before God, it it, it doesn't pay off in the long run. And it may not seem like it's going to bother you at first, but sooner or later, it's that pressure of whatever you put before God is going to cause trouble in the long run. That's why he said, you, you, we have no other God before me. No other God before me. We don't need anything before our Savior. That, that's why I believe that our habits 
today can help shape our happiness tomorrow. Let me say that to you again. I believe that our habits today can help shape our happiness for tomorrow. What do you mean by my habits? My pattern of behavior, our regular tendencies that we unconsciously or consciously do. Sometimes in order to develop a habit, you got to consciously do it. In other words, you may not be used to praying, but you just got to pray even if you don't feel like it. You may not be used to giving, but the Holy Spirit puts in your heart to give. You give regardless of how you feel about your circumstance and your situation. You may not feel like treating somebody right because you want to go back to your old habits. Watch this. Old habits. You got to deal with old habits. You got to be careful about old habits. Old habits will tend to rise their head up if you ain't careful. But you got to say, I'm putting the old habit aside because it don't line up with scripture and I'm going to do it the way God tells me to do it. I'm going to pray for those that despitefully use me. I'm going to talk nice to you, even though you may not talk talk nice to me. I'm going to treat you right because God is right inside of me. Oh, you missed that. That was a good one right there. I'm going to treat you right, not because you're right, but because I'm right. If you depend on everybody else to be right before you act right, something wrong with your salvation. Because you're more dependent on the world's way of treating you than you are on God's way of treating you. you got to make sure that you do it the way God tells you to do it and not depend on the world to be your, listen, to give you a little bone along the way. I'm sorry, I got a little sighted right there. Let me get back. Let me get back. Let me get back. When our pattern of behavior is to seek God's presence through prayer, through worshiping, through giving, through meditating and sharing his word, our expected outcome should be that of thinking, talking, and conducting our lives so in turn it'll get better. Better according to scripture. When I look for and I get advice from, because when I'm seeking God's presence through prayer, through worshiping, through giving, through meditating and sharing his word, our expected outcome should be that of thinking, talking, conducting our lives so in turn things will get better. In other words, I've got to develop my lifestyle. I've got to develop a pattern of seeking after God. I've got to develop a presence with the presence of God in my life. I don't, I need to know that God is with me 24 hours a day and seven days a week. I got to know that when I call on him, he's going to respond to the when I call upon him. I got to believe that when I ask God to do something, even if he don't move as fast as I want him to, I believe that God's going to do it because he is a God that cannot lie. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Because I, I believe that. How many believe that God's word cannot lie? It, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. And if you continue to seek that, it's going to produce, pro, you're going to, uh, productivity and prosperity become a new lifestyle. It, it's going to become a e- new lifestyle. Productivity, efficiency, and increase. And one thing I truly believe, as you do that, it's going to break ungodly habits. It's going to break ungodly habits. When you seek God, it's going to break ungodly habits. How do you know you got ungodly habits? Sometimes you don't even know until you seek God. There's some things I did not know until I got in the presence of God and God said, you know what? That ain't right. I'm, I'm putting it to you kind of plainly, but sometimes you think you're doing right when God is saying, you know what? That's not right. 
And sometimes he don't reveal that to you overnight. It takes time. For, to, he, see, God don't reveal everything about you overnight. He takes his time in revealing certain traits to you. And so, therefore, when people look at you and they say, that that's, that's what's wrong with you, may, God may not have revealed that to you yet. You can say, well, hold on now. I didn't know that was even wrong. Well, Holy Spirit has to reveal certain things to you. He, he, and he's always revealing something because, you know, uh, most of us got some room for improvement in the, in the sanctuary. Uh, 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 I did not say that too fast for y'all. I don't mean to finger, but I, 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 I don't want you to get upset. But most of us need got room for improvement in the sanctuary. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to get nobody upset. I don't mean nobody to get mad. Don't leave me yet. Stay with me for a few more minutes. But most of us need some improvement in our spiritual life. How many can thank, thank God for improvement? I mean, you, you just appreciate it. I mean, you ain't mad about it. In fact, this was no, this was no secret to you, was it? Was it, was it a secret to you? Did, did I, did I tell you something you didn't already know? I mean, you know, we, did y'all, we already aware that you needed improvement along the way. I just, I just wanted to bring to your attention just for a few minutes. Cause when you are productive, it breaks up ungodly habits. Now the Lord would teach us how to use our time wise and how to maintain, maximize our resources and opportunities as we seek him. That's why it's up to us to follow our omniscient guide. As John 16 and 13 tells us. Go to John 16 and 13. John 16 and 13. I like this. I like this. I like John 16 and 13. It's been a great thing this year, hasn't it? However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Notice this. He's going to guide us. He's going to lead us, give us guidance. He's going to teach us into all truth. But it's up to us to follow as he teaches See, we got to engage. We got to go in the way he tells us to. See, he says he's going to guide, but he's not going to make you. He a guy. He's not going to make you do what's right. He's not going to make you get rid of ungodly habits. He's not going to make you talk right and think right and, and do right according to the scripture. He's not going to make you do it, but he will guide you. And you know, God can be persuasive along the way, huh? I mean, ask Jonah, where can he be persuasive? I mean, Jonah, Jonah got mad at some folks and, and got and messed around and, 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 and got upset and said, I'm tired of these folks up in here. And I'm going to go another way and went another way, messed up the whole ship, praise God, and, and messed up the whole ship. And finally he said, I, I know what the problem is. The problem is me. <laughs> if you get me off the ship, your ship will be fine. And sometimes we get in relationship with folks that, we wonder what the trouble is. The trouble is we connected to the wrong people. On the job, connected to the wrong people. And family members connected to the wrong people. Loved ones connected to the wrong people. But soon as they got Jonah off the boat, the boat started shelling along. And Jonah got in the, be- the, in the belly of that big old fish and, and got back over to uh, Nineveh. He was motivated to preach motivated to tell those folks about the goodness of God. He, he t- to a three-day journey took one day, and he got to the place, and he preached. Oh, he preached. He said, you ain't got to tell me to preach this thing. I'm going to do what's right because I'm motivated to do what's right. 
Sometimes God can kind of motivate you to do what's right. I mean, just a little motivation along the way. Little, little motivation, pressure along the way to get you to do what's right. He ain't gonna make it because even when he, when, when Jonah got out of the fish, he didn't have to run to Nineveh. He could have ran the other way. But I hate to see what he had to go through in order to get there. But you follow what I'm saying? He got that thing right. He got it right. And I appreciate him getting it right because I've been, I've been Jonah before. I've been Jonah. I've been, and God told me to do it one way. I did another way. And I got messed up some folks along the way. And so I'm trying to do things better now. That's what I'm trying to develop godly habits. Godly habits. Following our omniscient God. I want to do it the way the Holy Spirit tells me to do it because he's he better can handle the results better than I can. Now, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is a great witness to what it means to tell others about the importance of hearing and obeying God's word. Mary had the evidence. She had the proof. She definitely had the testimony. We recall the previous message in which Lady Dodds ministered, but because becoming a witness of the light. That John, Mary's cousin, was called to in John chapter 1 and verse 7. Go to John 1 and 7. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. John 1 and verse 7. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. Now, we see that her witness was to get people to believe. Well, John's witness was to get people to believe. Get people to believe. Now, we need to understand that to get them to believe, that means we're going to get them to put their trust in Jesus and to be committed to Jesus. I don't need for them to believe in me. I need for them to believe in Jesus. I don't need for them. Listen, I I like the fact that you believe that OCC is a good ministry, but I need for you to believe in Jesus more than OCC. I need for you to believe that this is where a place where the presence of God is manifest itself, that his presence is here, and that he ministers to you on a week-by-week basis. Every time you come through them doors, the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. I need for you to believe that. Well, you know, I, I might see my friend here. I might see my brother or sister there. No, I need for you to see Jesus here. If anything I need for you to see is Jesus, I'm just going to see Pastor Dobbs. No, I need for you to come to see Jesus. Because only Jesus can give you the answers that you need. Only Jesus can deliver you. Only Jesus can protect you. Only Jesus can prosper you like you need to be prospered. Only Jesus could do these things for you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming, but I want you to come for Jesus. And that's why I want you to believe in him. Now, when we look at today's text, let's go back over to John 2, 1 through 5. We see that Mary had an encounter. A counter. A counter is something that came unexpected. It was an unexpected difficulty that was in need of a miracle worker. Now, if anybody knew the miracle worker, it was Mary. Mary knew the miracle worker. I mean... The disciples, they might have knew him, but didn't nobody know like Mary knew him. Mary knew him. Now, I don't know about you, but you ever had a situation where you needed a miracle? I mean, has your checking account ever needed, or your bank account, or your uh, cash app account, or your Vimo account, or whatever your account is, has it ever been in need of a miracle? 
a miracle. I ain't talking about, I ain't talking about five or ten dollars. I'm talking about a real miracle. I ain't talking about the money you got in your savings account. I'm talking about a real miracle. I'm talking about that kind where you say, Lord, if you don't do it, it can't be done. You will look for all the resources. Okay, I used to go over here and look for it. Ain't nothing over there. I'll go over here and look for it. Ain't nothing over there. I don't get paid till about three or four more days from now, and I need this money today. Oh, then you've already spent your check from pre- the one that's coming up in three or four days. Now you got to say, Lord, what are we going to do now? That's, that's the kind of miracle I'm talking about. I ain't talking about them folks that got, got $5,000 in checking account. They need $100. I'm talking about them folks that need $5,000 and they got but $100. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Have you ever needed a miracle? Have you ever had pain in your body? You say, God, I need for you to remove this pain. This pain is excruciating. That is what the pain, miracle, you ever need that kind of a miracle. A miracle, you, you challenge on your job or your business and you are challenged. You say, God, I need a miracle in this business, in this job. I need a miracle because I don't know what I'm going to do. They talking about laying off and my name came up. Hey, Lord, you know I'm a giver, God. What, what, what we going to do up in here? God, you know I got, listen, I got responsibilities, God. You know I got real responsibility. My, see, when the bills come in your name, that's responsibility. Yeah, all these folks talking about they got responsibility, they ain't got no bills in the name. Talk to me when the bills in your name. Listen, you responsible for the heat at your household. You responsible for the lights at your household. And forget that internet stuff. Let's get some heat verbal and get some lights. Oh, Lord, let me get out of here. I'm, I'm trying to be good, y'all. But I, that's responsibility. When the gas bill come in your name, that's responsibility. Responsibility. And you know if you'll pay the gas, they may not cut it off today because it's cold, but you know it's coming if you ain't careful. That's responsibility. And you need a miracle. Pain in your body, you need a miracle. A loved one is being challenged in their body, and you need a miracle. Just like when that when when they brought that lady came to Jesus and said, "You know, my daughter is sick, and she needed a miracle. She needed a miracle." The the brother that came and said, "You know what? My my daughter's about to die. They needed a miracle." When you're in a situation where you need, I ain't talking about no small miracle. I ain't talking about something you can take uh, three ibuprofen and you'll be all right. I'm talking about you need a real miracle. You need medicine, but yet you can't get to the medicine because of your situation. That's what I'm talking about, a miracle. I'm talking about miracles in your body, in your mind. Trying to get a position that what you think you're not qualified for, but you got an opportunity and you really want that position, you need a miracle. You need a miracle. You need something in your life that is, listen, let me say this to you. We got to understand that there's some situations that are bigger than us. What do you mean by bigger? They're larger. They're more intense, a greater power, greater weight than us. But that situation needs us. Just like it needed Mary. Because no matter how big the situation is, God can always use you in the situation. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I can do it. No, you can do all things through Christ who strengthened you. Who, who we going to strengthen? He's going to strengthen you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you 
power and ability in order to get the job done. You mean, yeah, yeah, you. What do you mean? Pastor, I don't have enough. I don't know enough. I, 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 I can't figure it out. Good. You're in a good position right now. Because you know what you're going to do? You're going to go back and seek God. God, what do I need to do in this situation? God, what do I need to do what about this particular problem in my account? What do I need to do about this challenge in my body? What do I need to do about this challenge going on in my mind? What do I need to do, God? Because I'm being challenged. I don't like being challenged like this, but I need a miracle, God. But God says it's bigger than you, but yet the situation needs you. Mm, mm, mm. God would allow you to be in the situation if he didn't think he could work through you. That's like that's why he had Mary in this situation that he's about to. And see, I don't think we we read about this encounter if Mary did not move to excuse me, did not move to get Jesus to act. Watch this. We're about to read here in John 2, 1 through 5. What you're about to see and what we've already read is that Mary knew Jesus. Mary knew Jesus. And this is going to understand. Mary knew Jesus because at this time of the text, he's approximately 30 years old. She's been knowing Jesus for 30 years. I ain't talking about knowing him on a surface level. She knew Jesus. She knew him. I'm gonna, she knew him. Because when you read a text like this, it ain't like if, if they left it out, you'd be like, well, they left it out. Because they're asking a question. And I'm gonna get to the question. They just ran out of why? I'm thinking, so. <laughs> it's like coming to you, brother, and you're a guest, right? And I come to you and say, hey, we just ran out of punch. All right, all right. I just invited him, and they asking, telling me they ran out of punch. And your mind, like, what, you want me to go get some? I mean, what you want me to do? Because, really, we need to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about this for a minute. This particular situation would not be one that would die. Because if they didn't get any wine, y'all been all right, right? They still have been married. In fact, you ain't read about the name of the people, the couple that get married, do you? We don't know if they're the Smith, the Dobbs, the Harrisons. We don't know who they are. We don't know who they are. So something about this says that is much deeper than what this text is saying me on the surface. Yeah, he turned the water into wine. Yeah, that's fine. That's wonderful. But there's something about knowing Jesus. How do you get Jesus to respond to something like this? How do you get Jesus to respond to your need, to your merit, what you need? People may not think it's significant, but how do you get to Jesus to respond to something everybody else may not deem as important, but you deem it very important? People say, well, I'm going to ask God to, for, to give me this new job. What a job you got, all right? Why not? Why do you want this promotion right here? Well, I want it. Well, you know, well, he'll get it to you. Now, this is what people say this to you, brother. Well, if the Lord will, you'll get it. <laughs> They're like, well, you know, if you get it, fine. You don't get it, fine. I need a job myself. You follow me? 
So we look at this text, I'm thinking, God, there's got to be more into this. But I look at this and I realize something. Mary knew Jesus. She knew him. She knew how to get him to respond. I said, you know what? If you're going to teach us something this morning, I want God to teach us to really know Jesus. To really know him. I mean, to really know him to the point that we can get him to respond just like he did for Mary. Just like he did for Mary. So we go, let's go to um, John 2 and 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cain of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, some interpretations think that they were three days into the wedding. They had supplies for the first two days, and the third day, they ran out. Now, so, n- number one, that's a long wedding. But that was their tradition in that particular day. Weddings would last for days. They would last for days. So, now we read, first of all, on the third day, there was a wedding. Now, wedding is a marriage festival. It's not just oh, an event. It's a festival. It's an intimate and everlasting union of Christ between a husband and a wife. Now, looking at the scripture, lets us know the sacredness of marriage and how it should be entered in as a sacred vow with the intent of an everlasting union. It's not, I'm going to do this for a while, see how it goes, I get tired or annoyed with this person, I'm going to move on. This is inconvenient for me. I'm just going to move on to do something else. Find me somebody else. No, no, that's not the marriage God was talking about. It's not about something till death do us part. Now, may not always be like that, but that's the way it's meant to be. Now, Jesus and disciples was on the list we see in John chapter 2 and verse 2. Notice in John chapter 2 verse 2. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Woo, that's powerful right there. Because I imagine that Jesus was invited to a lot of stuff. But he chose to go to the wedding. Single people, let's make sure that we don't leave Jesus off the invite list. For the wedding, not only the wedding, but the marriage itself, not only the marriage, the dating process, not only the dating process, but the choosing process. When a man find up a wife, he find up a good thing and find a favor of the Lord. Better make sure you, you find Jesus in your choice process. Because, boy, it can, it can mess you up and, and you be like, well, God, well, I'll leave that alone. Verse 3. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. <laughs> That's powerful to me. When they ran out, when they came up short, when they be in want, they experienced lack. They experienced lack. They were in want. They ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Now, notice this. He is an invited guest. His mother came to him. Now, think, he an invited guest. He wasn't even, uh, think about you got invited to a wedding. And all of a sudden, somebody come up to you. Hey, they have no wine. I know some of y'all were like, well. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just, I was thinking about this. You look at the text like this, you're like, well, God, got to be more. To it than this. So they, they came to him. They came to him. They have no why. So they come to him. And then the response was, those are the response in verse 4. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, 
What does your concern have to do with me? In other words, so? <laughs> but I like this about it, though. When you run out, it's good to go to the Savior. When you come up short, it's good to understand it. When you come up short, experience lack or have a need, we have a lifestyle of seeking help from our miracle worker. Ooh, thank God when you run short, we can go to the miracle worker. We can go to the one that has unlimited resources. See, you know something? Man is limited in what they can do. Limited. We are limited as people, but God is unlimited. You know, Mary has tapped in to the unlimited part of God. She has tapped into it. She tapped into something that many of us have to learn how to tap. But then again, she's been knowing him for 30 years. She knowed him from his inception up to that day. Because remember now, he started his ministry at about 30. He went and picked his disciples out. He has went down to John, John the Baptist. He got baptized. And now he is going to a wedding he got invited to. And his mother is there at the same time. So now it's about, he's about 30 years she has known her son. And 30 years she has watched him in his process. Oh, that's, that's a lot in that. But let me say this to you. It becomes so much of our pattern and behavior. We're not moved by the situation, people, or reactions of others. You know, if Mary would even move by the reaction of Jesus, she didn't even move by it. What they got to do with me? My hour's not yet come yet. She wouldn't even move by it, what? She's like, okay, well, yeah, so. You saying so, I'm saying so too. Your reaction is something that should not bother when it comes to doing the will of God. Notice how Jesus responded and reacted to Mary, but it did not change her trust and her confidence in him. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern, what does your worry, what does your trouble, what does your anxiety have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Oh, Lord. Mary is a great example of having a lifestyle of obeying God because she was not moved by Jesus' response or her his reaction to her. She continued to trust, place her confidence, and help others to deem him as trustworthy. Why? She knew her son. She knew him for 30 years, y'all. She knew him for 30 years. I mean, she really knew Jesus. Now, somebody else might have been intimidated. Oh, I better not ask him for nothing. But not Mary. And sometimes you could be in a position because your relationship with him, you know how Moses wasn't even moved by the response of God. God was getting ready to come down and kill the people. And Moses stood in between. Thank God you got an intercessor in your life. Because there could be somebody, God getting ready to come and hurt you or cause harm in your life, but God will allow somebody who's praying for you to stand in the gap. 
Thank God you got a church that's praying for you. Thank God you got believers that are praying for you. It ain't just Pastor Dawes praying for you. We got senior ministers and ministers and leaders that are praying for you, that that lifting up the uh, excuse me, lifting up a standard for you, that are praying for you. Even sometimes you ain't even praying for yourself. God got somebody praying for you. Boy, I'm so glad I'm a part of of a church organization that represents connection. I got a pastor that prays for me. You got a pastor that prays for you. Lord, sometimes. That is worth the price in gold alone. Say, why why am I giving during this time? Because somebody prayed for you. I mean to get that, but she knew Jesus for 30 years. Not only did she deem him trustworthy, but she also shared with others so that they could believe. We share with others how Jesus helped us when it seemed hopeless. In the good when you we can share the goodness of God and you share with others when it seemed like it's hopeless in your life. See, Mary was a good witness and a great example to us. And one thing that I wrote down that I think is very important, we need to give an honest report of how Jesus has helped us and be real with people to enhance our testimony. Our testimony needs to be real. Well, our testimony, we need to tell, talk about the goodness of God in the land of the living. Yeah, I know God did it for me in 2019, but if this is a year we don't need to testify to the goodness of God, this is a good year. Oh, you said, Pastor, where everything going on this year, how did God, God protected you all year long? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, listen, some people said that this came up last year in 2019, and, and you still here in 2020. Get ready to see 2021. And now you say God ain't did nothing for you? Oh, the devil is a lie. God been good to you all year. He protected you. He protected your finances. He protected your home. He protected your family. He protected you. Why? Because he's a good God. And guess what? Somebody stood in the gap. It wasn't because we were so good. Listen, I wear my mask. I don't trust that mask as far as I can throw it. I use hand sanitizer. I use this hand sanitizer in this sanctuary. I still don't trust him. Not more than Jesus. Listen, I go to the store. I stay six feet apart. I, 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 I try, to, try to stay away from folks and all that kind of stuff. I wear my mask when I go into different stores and so forth. But I trust Jesus more than I trust it six feet apart. I do it, but I trust Jesus more. Look, I, 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 I Follow the guidelines as much as possible, but I trust Jesus more. And you can't put no other God before you. This was the problem we talked about earlier. They have put other things before God. Anytime, anything you put before God is going to eventually cause you problems. When it eventually calls you problems. Now, I say this to you. She was a good witness and enhanced her testimony. Let's look at Mary's action when she found that was the foundation of today's message. Her response was, I like her response. I like her response. <laughs> Notice she said to the servants, and I like this because she did not even say it to the disciples. The disciples were the followers of Jesus. But she looked right past <laughs> the disciples. Now Mary, Mary was, was, is interesting in her own right. Mary she went to her son, they out of wine. And then she, and then he said, what's it got to do with me? She didn't even respond to that. She went straight to the servants of, of the thing. She passed over the disciples because she knew her son. 
She knew her son. She knew, Lord, if he like this, chances are the ones with him like this. Now, but she knew her son. She knew her son could do something about it. She knew she could discern the disciples weren't ready yet. She could discern. Yeah, she went past them. She went to people that didn't even know Jesus to do what she asked him to do. Oh, y'all missed that, didn't you? She went right past her followers, the followers of her son, who she'd known for 30 years, and went to the servants and said, Servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. I don't want to be in a position, I'm following Jesus, but when something happens, he's get right over me. He's get right over me. When he needs somebody to pray, he's get right over me. He needs somebody to give. He skipped right over me. And somebody else gets my blessing because I'm too in the flesh or too carnal when God is asking me to be, follow his God. That's why I need a lifestyle of following the omniscient God. I need a lifestyle. I don't need to miss out on the blessings of the Lord to make one rich and add them no sorrow with it. I don't need to be skipped over like the disciples were. Now, the disciples redeemed themselves, but I'm going to talk about that later. But she went straight to a servant. The servant had no, they had no knowledge of Jesus, knew Jesus probably as long as he was at the party. They were there to get a check. I'm sorry, y'all don't do checks no more. Cash out to get their money, and they were going to be out of there. And, and you read in the text, the disciples went, I mean, excuse me, the servant went and did straight what they told him to do. I mean, they went straight and did it. I don't have time to go into it. They went, got the water pots, filled them up, and take. And they said, "Let take take a cup out and let your master, the master of the or the or the person who's putting together the wedding, taste it." And that's exactly what they did too. They didn't question it. You don't read about it saying, "Well, I don't know God about this." Right? Let me pray about it for about fifteen minutes. No, no, let me fast and let no now hold on. I don't need to do all that. No, whatever He tells you to do, do it. He didn't go through all that question and stuff. He didn't go through, listen, I know it's a strange request. You look at the text, it's strange. Go fill up some water pots. Listen, that's been my response. What are these water pots for? Ain't no, ain't no wine up in here. <laughs> they water, it's an empty water pot. We mean to fill up, fill up water? For what? Okay, I guess they will feed the water. I mean, you know, all types of questions run across my mind. You probably don't have them type questions. But, the servants just went and they did it. They did it. Now, I'm going to go a little bit over today, so you have to be with me. Stay with me. Just stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Now, Mary caught a hold of the lifestyle. She caught a hold of it. She caught a hold. Of it. I believe that's why she understood the promises of God, even before Paul wrote them in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm going to try to push some of this through, okay? I need, I need to give this to you today. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Notice what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. For all the promises of God. Not some, but all the promises of God. In him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. So the promises is something good. A blessing of God. In him is yes and amen. 
See, this is when we develop a lifestyle of doing what he says, we can receive the promises of God. We can receive that. That's why the Lord teaches us through his written and revealed word how to overcome life's daily challenges that can be somewhat overwhelming. Why are they overwhelming? Because we limit it. Only time that we see things that are overwhelming to us is because we as humans are limited. But God is unlimited. He has unlimited resources. He knows everything. He knows all things. When we look at overcoming challenges, one is trying to win in a difficult situation. You have the scripture there. Trying to win in a difficult situation. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Notice this. Sharing our testimony. Sharing our testimony. And they overcame. They conquered. They won. They got the victory. Overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. You got to pull on your testimony. You got to pull on it. You got to know what God has done for you. And sometimes you may have to pull up an old testimony. But pull it up. Pull up a new one. Pull up an old one. Pull up somebody else's. Pull up a testimony. Because that is how you get the victory. You got to pull up, as we talked about earlier, some old receipts sometime. And remember what God has done for you as you walked on this earth right here. Never forget what God has done for you. Pull up your testimony. Second one I'm talking about is overcoming financial challenges. How do you do that? By giving. We overcome financial challenges by giving. Luke 6 and 38. Give. And it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you again. Give means to supply and furnish necessary things to grant to others. And it will be given. Deliver up, committed, and bestowed. As you look to give as God directs you, God will in turn bless you for your giving. So therefore, if you're a little short, you give and God will supply just like you supplied for the individual or thing that you gave for. And it makes you or causes you, it be delivered back to you, bestowed to you what he has promised in his word. The third one is dealing with stress and anxiety. Casting our cares on Jesus. First, first Peter chapter 5 verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting the throw upon all your what cares, anxiety and stress upon him, for he cares for you. Now, one thing I had to, I want you to get in mind. I used to think that casting your care meant I'm going to throw it up there and it's, that's going to be it. I, I learned, you got to learn how to cast your cares, okay? I'm going to spend just a moment and just a little bit on that. Casting your cares means I am going to find what the word says about whatever I'm dealing with, and I'm going to say, God, I'm, I'm exchanging some things. I'm going to put what I'm worried about here and put what you said here. Because this is why you cast stuff out. you got to put something in place of what you get rid of. If you don't put something in place of what you get rid of, what you got there is real, and it will mess with your mind. 
You got to learn how to cast. How do I cast it? I get what God says about the circumstances I'm having stress and anxiety about, and I put it, place it in my mind, and in turn, let the, I have to meditate upon it. I have to think about it. I have to listen. I have to listen. Say it out loud. Whatever it is, I've got to do what it takes in order to overcome that. Everybody, follow me there. We need to understand, casting your cares is not that you're going to throw it up there and it'll be gone. If that's the case, because I'm telling you, the devil will throw it back at you in a heartbeat. Boom, there it is. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm going to cast it aside. You throw it out there, but the devil will throw it back. You're like, what in the world? And sometimes you put a brick, you try to put a brick in the middle of the, of the <laughs> boy, y'all get, some of y'all get that a little bit later. Therefore, you have to know how to cast it upon the Lord. Number four, love even when it hurts. Woo-wee. You know, I love the Sunday school lesson. You got, love is a choice. Love is a choice. Well, I don't love you. You choose not to love me then. I choose to love you. Wait, do you feel like you're in love? That ain't the love I'm talking about. I'm talking about the agape love. God's type of love, I choose to love you. I choose to love you. Well, I don't love you. It don't matter. I choose to love you. Because I ain't going to hell for nobody. How can you say you love God whom you have not seen and then see your brother and sister every day and say you don't love them? I, I love you. And it's a choice we make. It's a choice we make. That's why he says, but I say to you, Matthew 5, 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. How do you love them? To welcome or be hospital to your enemies, to bless, to speak well, to praise and invoke blessing on those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Well, he gave us the answer. No, this is not Dobbs' answer. This is scripture. This is what Jesus told us to do. Now, you can argue and say, well, that, that don't work for me. That doesn't apply for my situation. You know how they done me. They nailed him to a cross. They nailed him to a literal cross, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He would die for them. He wouldn't die for himself. And then, okay, Lord, y'all follow me so far. That's why it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to develop a lifestyle of doing what he's saying. You don't need the Holy Spirit. You don't need John 16 and 13. You don't need it because somebody is not going to like you, and you ain't did nothing to them. You can't, you ain't know, did I say something to him? Did I do this? Somebody gonna say something back to you and your flesh gonna wanna, wanna, wanna answer back. I didn't get no amens right there, but Lord, you know, I know the flesh do answer back because of my flesh has answered back. I've seen some of their flesh answer back. So I know flesh answer. You gotta make a decision till you gonna respond like Jesus would. Now, if Jesus tell you uh, to be stern, you'll be stern. But, you know, we don't hate folks. We don't hate folks. Well, I hate them. It's amazing the thing that I've learned this year. One one lesson I learned this year, there are some people that say they go to church Sunday in and Sunday out and say they hate certain folks. I, I, I don't see how that's possible according to Scripture. I don't say that's possible. That's why it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to live a lifestyle of doing what he says. Now, let's make this our testimony. We're going to strive to do what God says with biblical fidelity. 
Faithfulness to Jesus. What I mean by fidelity? Faithfulness to Jesus, his cause or belief demonstrated by continued loyalty and support. We're going to be loyal to Jesus. We're going to be loyal. We're going to be faithful to him. Why? Because God done so much for us. And the more you learn about God, you, ain't got, you don't mind being faithful to Jesus. I think mean, the biggest question comes up, why is he so faithful to us? Some of y'all didn't get that. Some I mean, good as God, as good as God is to us, why is he so faithful to us? Sometimes we don't even, we don't even acknowledge him in all our ways. Sometimes we don't even pray before we eat our meal. Sometimes we don't even do, give a half-hearted worship when God been good to us all week long. Treat him in such a way and God is still faithful to us all week. How many know God been faithful to you? If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. I'm telling you right now, he's been faithful to us. As we persist in our walk with Christ, the more we are exposed to godly truth, it helps us not, excuse me, it helps us not only remain loyal to God, but understand that we are loyal to him. I want to finish something up in John chapter 2. I want to show you what happened after they did what he said. Let's look at verse 10. John 2 and 10. And he said to him, every man, now remember that when we went through the process, they'll fill the water pots up, and they'd have given it to uh, the person who put together the wedding um, festival. And he said to them, every, he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. Now, it's amazing to me that this was better than the one they had before. You know God will make your life better as you continue to do what he says. Ooh, that's good news today. What about the disciples? I'm glad you asked me, Pastor Dobbs. Verse 11. The beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And watch this. And his disciples believed in him. Notice this. The disciples made a decision to believe in him. When they saw the miracle, they believed in him. I believe we're going to believe in him before we see the miracle. We're going to believe in him before we see the manifestation of it. We, before we see, we're just going to pray and believe, and we're going to say, thank you, Jesus, because we know it's coming to pass. We know God's word will not return back to him, boy, but it will accomplish everything he sent it out to do. We know God is a miracle worker. He's going to provide the needs. He's going to heal our bodies. He's going to make sure that our finances are taken care of. He's going to make sure there's a roof over our heads. He's going to make sure our responsibilities are taken care of. Why? We're going to praise him before we get it. We're going to say thank you, Jesus, before we come to pass. We're going to say, God, you, go, you did it before, and you can do it again. I'm sharing the good news of Jesus. God is a good God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Woo! Glory be to God. Before we see it, we're going to thank him for it. The disciples had to see it before they believed it. But blessed are you who have not seen, but yet you believe. See, that is that lifestyle of following the omniscient God. He's going to continue to lead and to guide us into all 
truth. Hallelujah. Now, I want to close with this last scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Because I think this is going to really help us. I I thank you for being patient. I know I went a lot longer than what I planned to, but thank you all for being patient. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I want to say this to you, and I want you to understand what made Mary like she was, what made Paul like he was, and what's going to make us continue to live a lifestyle of following the omniscient God. Philippians 3 and 10 reads as follows. I'm going to read this first part of this, that I may know him. That I may know him. Why do you follow? Because you know him. Why do you do? Why do you praise him like you do? Because you know him. Why do you love him like you do? Because you love him. Why? Why do you do? I mean, why do we come in on a Sunday morning and gather, forsaking not the assemblies of ourselves together? Because you know him. You know him. You know him. No literally means I'm at this I need to understand about this word no. No means I'm learning and I'm understanding and it's an ongoing process. It's ongoing. Paul knew him here, but he was knowing him. Are y'all following me here? Mary knew him, but she was still knowing him. She didn't stop when after she had him, she kept on knowing him. Think about it. If she could have said, Hey, I I had to save you. I'm good. I'm just gonna sit back and chill. No, she kept on what? Learning about him. She kept on saying, I know him. I know how he'll respond. I know what he'll do. Listen, I know that if, if, if somebody else were to ask him, he'd look at him fine. But I know what he can do. I know he can turn this water into wine. I know he can heal your body. I know he can deliver you. I know he can bring you out. I know he can put money in your account. I know he can heal your body. I know he can come give you uh, jobs, ideas, concepts, and strategies that you had never thought about before. I know he can do that for you. And when you know he can do that for you, you trust him. You trust him. Who else are you going to trust you gonna trust your own thinking? You gonna trust, uh, you gonna trust me? Please don't. <laughs> trust him. You gonna trust your, uh, the medicine you taking? You gonna trust, you gonna, you gonna trust, uh, your loved ones? Who are you gonna trust? You gonna trust him. Why you trust him? Cause you know him. You know him. Paul knew him. Mary knew him. That one in the brown know it. That one in the blue know it. That one in the black know it. Those, that one right there know him. You know him. You know him. You know him. You know him. And the more you know him, the more you trust him. And you know what he'll do in any situation, in any circumstance. And if God don't move, he don't even move you, do it. I mean, he don't, if he don't move as fast as some people think he ought to, you're like, oh, he's still doing it. You don't even sweat, do you? I mean, it used to be a time like, ah, ah, ah. it used to be a time just, I, I, I really, I just, I'm, I'm trying to quit, really. Am. I would lay hands on somebody, and if they didn't fall out, I'm like, I must not be doing this right. Let me push a little bit harder. 
Y'all don't know about that right there. But I'm just telling you my, my faults. I'm going to push a little bit harder. I'm going to do something, get them to make sure they feel this thing that I'm doing. But now I'm at the point that I lay hands, as soon as I'm finished praying, that's it. Because you know what? He doing it. Because what? I know him. It might be a Tuesday night at midnight, and he starts shaking in your, why am I shaking in my bed like this? Because he know you. That's why I pray. Pray by myself many times. But I know that prayer is moving and touching your life. Why? Because I know him, sister. I know him. I don't mind praying. That's what I give. I may not get it back Sunday evening, but I know him. I know him. You know him. And as you continue to develop this lifestyle of following our omniscient God and you know him, hey, your life going to be much better. Just like it was for this wedding feast, just like it was for Paul, and just like it's going to be for you. The lifestyle of doing what he says. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.